right to equality. 1. Equality before law and equal protection of laws. Article 14 says that the state shall not deny to any person equality before the law or the equal protection of the laws within the territory of India. This provision confers rights on all persons whether citizens or foreigners. Moreover, the word person includes legal persons, viz., statutory corporations, companies, registered societies or any other type of legal person. The concept of equality before law is of British origin while the concept of equal protection of laws has been taken from the American Constitution. The first concept connotes, a, the absence of any special privileges in favor of any person, b, the equal subjection of all persons to the ordinary law of the land administered by ordinary law courts, and, c, no person, whether rich or poor, high or low, official or non-official, is above the law. The second concept, on the other hand, connotes, a, the equality of treatment under equal circumstances, both in the privileges conferred and liabilities imposed by the laws, b, the similar application of the same laws to all persons who are similarly situated, and, c, the like should be treated alike without any discrimination. Thus, the former is a negative concept while the latter is a positive concept. However, both of them aim at establishing equality of legal status, opportunity, and justice. The Supreme Court held that where equals and unequals are treated differently, Article 14 does not apply. While Article 14 forbids class legislation, it permits reasonable classification of persons, objects, and transactions by the law. But the classification should not be arbitrary, artificial, or evasive. Rather, it should be based on an intelligible differential and substantial distinction. Rule of law The concept of equality before law is an element of the concept of rule of law, propounded by A. V. Dicey, the British jurist. His concept has the following three elements or aspects. I. Absence of arbitrary power, that is, no man can be punished except for a breach of law. 2. Equality before the law, that is, equal subjection of all citizens, rich or poor, high or low, official or non-official, to the ordinary law of the land administered by the ordinary law courts 3. 3. The primacy of the rights of the individual, that is, the constitution is the result of the rights of the individual as defined and enforced by the courts of law rather than the constitution being the source of the individual rights. The first and the second elements are applicable to the Indian system and not the third one. In the Indian system, the constitution is the source of the individual rights. The Supreme Court held that the rule of law as embodied in Article 14 is a basic feature of the constitution. Hence, it cannot be destroyed even by an amendment. Exceptions to equality The rule of equality before law is not absolute and there are constitutional and other exceptions to it. These are mentioned below. 1. The President of India and the Governor of States enjoy the following immunities, Article 361. I. The President or the Governor is not answerable to any court for the exercise and performance of the powers and duties of his office. 2. No criminal proceedings shall be instituted or continued against the President or the Governor in any court during his term of office. 3. No process for the arrest or imprisonment of the President or the Governor shall be issued from any court during his term of office. 4. 
no civil proceedings against the President or the Governor shall be instituted during his term of office in any court in respect of any act done by him in his personal capacity, whether before or after he entered upon his office, until the expiration of two months next after notice has been delivered to him. To no person shall be liable to any civil or criminal proceedings in any court in respect of the publication in a newspaper, or by radio or television, of a substantially true report of any proceedings of either House of Parliament or either House of the Legislature of a State, Article 361A. 3. No member of Parliament shall be liable to any proceedings in any court in respect of anything said or any vote given by him in Parliament or any committee thereof, Article 105. 4. No member of the legislature of a state shall be liable to any proceedings in any court in respect of anything said or any vote given by him in the legislature or any committee thereof. Article 194. 5. Article 31c is an exception to Article 14. It provides that the laws made by the state for implementing the directive principles contained in Clause, B, or Clause, C of Article 39 cannot be challenged on the ground that they are violative of Article 14. The Supreme Court held that where Article 31c comes in, Article 14 goes out. 6. The foreign sovereigns, rulers, ambassadors, and diplomats enjoy immunity from criminal and civil proceedings. 7. The UNO and its agencies enjoy the diplomatic immunity. 2. Prohibition of discrimination on certain grounds. Article 15 provides that the state shall not discriminate against any citizen on grounds only of religion, race, caste, sex, or place of birth. The two crucial words in this provision are discrimination and only. The word discrimination means to make an adverse distinction with regard to or to distinguish unfavorably from others. The use of the word only connotes that discrimination on other grounds is not prohibited. The second provision of Article 15 says that no citizen shall be subjected to any disability, liability, restriction, or condition on grounds only of religion, race, caste, sex, or place of birth with regard to a. access to shops, public restaurants, hotels and places of public entertainment, or b. the use of wells, tanks, bathing gods, road, and places of public resort maintained wholly or partly by state funds or dedicated to the use of general public. This provision prohibits discrimination both by the state and private individuals, while the former provision prohibits discrimination only by the state. There are four exceptions to this general rule of non-discrimination. a. The state is permitted to make any special provision for women and children. For example, reservation of seats for women in local bodies or provision of free education for children. b. The state is permitted to make any special provision for the advancement of any socially and educationally backward classes of citizens or for the scheduled castes and scheduled tribes for. For example, reservation of seats or fee concessions in public educational institutions. c. The state is empowered to make any special provision for the advancement of any socially and educationally backward classes of citizens or for the scheduled castes or the scheduled tribes regarding their admission to educational institutions including private educational institutions, whether aided or unaided by the state, except the minority educational institutions. D. The state is empowered to make any special provision for the advancement of any economically weaker sections of citizens. Further. 
the state is allowed to make a provision for the reservation of up to 10% of seats for such sections in admission to educational institutions including private educational institutions, whether aided or unaided by the state, except the minority educational institutions. This reservation of up to 10% would be in addition to the existing reservations. For this purpose, the economically weaker sections would be notified by the state from time to time on the basis of family income and other indicators of economic disadvantage. Reservation for OBCs in Educational Institutions The above exception, C, was added by the 93rd Amendment Act of 2005. In order to give effect to this provision, the Center enacted the Central Educational Institutions, Reservation in Admission, Act, 2006, providing a quota of 27% for candidates belonging to the other backward classes, OBCs, in all central higher educational institutions including the Indian Institutes of Technology, IITs, and the Indian Institutes of Management, IIMs. In April 2008, the Supreme Court upheld the validity of both, the Amendment Act and the OBC Quota Act. But, the court directed the central government to exclude the creamy layer, advanced sections, among the OBCs while implementing the law. The children of the following different categories of people belong to creamy layer among OBCs and thus will not get the quota benefit. One person's holding constitutional posts like president, vice president, judges of SC and HCS, chairman and members of UPSC and SBSCs, CEC, CAG and so on. Two group A slash class I and group B slash class II officers of the All India, Central and State Services, and employees holding equivalent posts in PSUs, banks, insurance organizations, universities etc. and also in private employment. Three persons who are in the rank of colonel and above in the army and equivalent posts in the navy, the air force and the paramilitary forces. Four professionals like doctors, lawyers, engineers, artists, authors, consultants, and so on. Five persons engaged in trade, business, and industry. Six people holding agricultural land above a certain limit and vacant land or buildings in urban areas. Seven persons having gross annual income of more than eight Indian rupees lakh or possessing wealth above the exemption limit. In 1993, when the creamy layer ceiling was introduced, it was 1 Indian rupee lock. It was subsequently revised to 2.5 Indian rupees lock in 2004, 4.5 Indian rupees lock in 2008, 6 Indian rupees lock in 2013 and 8 Indian rupees lock in 2017. Reservation for uses in educational institutions. The above exception, D, was added by the 103rd Amendment Act of 2019. In order to give effect to this provision, the central government issued an order, in 2019, providing 10% reservation to the economically weaker sections, uses, in admission to educational institutions. The benefit of this reservation can be availed by the persons belonging to uses who are not covered under any of the existing schemes of reservations for SCS, STS, and OBCs. The eligibility criteria laid down in this regard is as follows. One persons whose family has gross annual income below 8 Indian rupees lakh are to be identified as users for the benefit of reservation. 
the income would include income from all sources i.e., salary, agriculture, business, profession etc. and it would be income for the financial year prior to the year of application. Two persons whose family owns or possesses any one of the following assets are to be excluded from being identified as users, irrespective of the family income. a. 5. Acres of agricultural land and above. b. Residential flat of 1,000 square foot and above. c. Residential plot of 100 square yards and above in notified municipalities. d. Residential plot of 200 square yards and above in areas other than the notified municipalities. 3. The property held by a family in different locations or different places slash cities would be clubbed while applying the land or property holding test to determine use status. For family for this purpose would include the person who seeks benefit of reservation, his slash her parents and siblings below the age of 18 years as also his slash her spouse and children below the age of 18 years. 3. Equality of opportunity in public employment. Article 16 provides for equality of opportunity for all citizens in matters of employment or appointment to any office under the state. No citizen can be discriminated against or be ineligible for any employment or office under the state on grounds of only religion, race, caste, sex, descent, place of birth or residence. There are four exceptions to this general rule of equality of opportunity in public employment. A. Parliament can prescribe residence as a condition for certain employment or appointment in a state or union territory or local authority or other authority. As the Public Employment, Requirement as to Residence, Act of 1957 expired in 1974, there is no such provision for any state except Andhra Pradesh 5 and Telangana 5a. B. The state can provide for reservation of appointments or posts in favor of any backward class that is not adequately represented in the state services. C. A law can provide that the incumbent of an office related to religious or denominational institution or a member of its governing body should belong to the particular religion or denomination. d. The state is permitted to make a provision for the reservation of up to 10% of appointments or posts in favor of any economically weaker sections of citizens. This reservation of up to 10% would be in addition to the existing reservation. For this purpose, the economically weaker sections would be notified by the state from time to time on the basis of family income and other indicators of economic disadvantage. Mundell Commission and Aftermath In 1979, the Morarji Desai government appointed the second six backward classes commission under the chairmanship of B.P. Mundell, a member of parliament, in terms of Article 340 of the Constitution to investigate the conditions of the socially and educationally backward classes and suggest measures for their advancement. The Commission submitted its report in 1980 and identified as many as 3,743 castes as socially and educationally backward classes. They constitute nearly 52% component of the population, excluding the scheduled castes, SCS, and the scheduled tribes, STS. The Commission recommended for reservation of 27% government jobs for the other backward classes, OBCs, so that the total reservation for all, SCS, STS, and OBCs, amounts to 50%.7. It was after 10 years in 1990 that the VP Singh government declared reservation of 27% government jobs for the OBCs. 
Again in 1991, the Narasimha Rao government introduced two changes, a, preference to the poorer sections among the OBCs in the 27% quota, i.e., adoption of the economic criteria in granting reservation, and, b, reservation of another 10% of jobs for poorer, economically backward, sections of higher castes who are not covered by any existing schemes of reservation. In the famous Mundell Case 8, 1992, the scope and extent of Article 16, 4, which provides for reservation of jobs in favor of backward classes, has been examined thoroughly by the Supreme Court. Though the court has rejected the additional reservation of 10% for poorer sections of higher castes, it upheld the constitutional validity of 27% reservation for the OBCs with certain conditions, viz. a. The advanced sections among the OBCs, the creamy layer, should be excluded from the list of beneficiaries of reservation. b. No reservation in promotions, reservation should be confined to initial appointments only. Any existing reservation in promotions can continue for five years only, i.e., up to 1997. c. The total reserved quota should not exceed 50% except in some extraordinary situations. This rule should be applied every year. d. The carry-forward rule in case of unfilled, backlog, vacancies is valid. But it should not violate 50% rule. e. A permanent statutory body should be established to examine complaints of over-inclusion and under-inclusion in the list of OBCs. With regard to the above rulings of the Supreme Court, the government has taken the following actions. A. Ramnundun Committee was appointed to identify the creamy layer among the OBCs. It submitted its report in 1993, which was accepted. B. National Commission for Backward Classes was established in 1993 by an Act of Parliament. Its mandate was to examine the complaints of under-inclusion, over-inclusion, or non-inclusion of any class of citizens in the list of backward classes for the purpose of job reservation. Later, the 102nd Amendment Act of 2018 conferred a constitutional status on the Commission and also enlarged its functions. For this purpose, the amendment inserted a new Article 338b in the Constitution. c. In order to nullify the ruling with regard to reservation in promotions, the 77th Amendment Act was enacted in 1995. It added a new provision in Article 16 that empowers the state to provide for reservation in promotions of any services under the state in favor of the SCS and STS that are not adequately represented in the state services. Again, the 85th Amendment Act of 2001 provides for consequential seniority in the case of promotion by virtue of rule of reservation for the government servants belonging to the SCS and STS with retrospective effect from June 1995. d. The ruling with regard to backlog vacancies was nullified by the 81st Amendment Act of 2000. It added another new provision in Article 16 that empowers the state to consider the unfilled reserved vacancies of a year as a separate class of vacancies to be filled up in any succeeding year or years. Such class of vacancies are not to be combined with the vacancies of the year in which they are being filled up to determine the ceiling of 50% reservation on total number of vacancies of that year. In brief, it ends the 50% ceiling on reservation in backlog vacancies. E. 
the 76th Amendment Act of 1994 has placed the Tamil Nadu Reservations Act 9 of 1994 in the ninth schedule to protect it from judicial review as it provided for 69 percenter of reservation, far exceeding the 50 percenter ceiling. Reservation for uses in public employment. The above exception, D, was added by the 103rd Amendment Act of 2019. In order to give effect to this provision, the central government issued an order, in 2019, providing 10% reservation to the economically weaker sections, uses, in civil posts and services in the government of India. The benefit of this reservation can be availed by the persons belonging to uses who are not covered under any of the existing schemes of reservation for SCS, STS, and OBCs. The eligibility criteria laid down in this regard has already been explained under Article 15. Further, the scientific and technical posts which satisfy all the following conditions can be exempted from the purview of this reservation. I. The posts should be in grades above the lower grade in Group A of the service concerned. 2. They should be classified as scientific or technical in terms of Cabinet Secretariat Order, 1961 according to which scientific and technical posts for which qualifications in the natural sciences or exact sciences or applied sciences or in technology are prescribed and the incumbents of which have to use that knowledge in the discharge of their duties. 3. The posts should be for conducting research or for organizing, guiding, and directing research. 4. Abolition of untouchability. Article 17 abolishes untouchability and forbids its practice in any form. The enforcement of any disability arising out of untouchability shall be an offense punishable in accordance with law. In 1976, the Untouchability, Offenses, Act, 1955 has been comprehensively amended and renamed as the Protection of Civil Rights Act, 1955 to enlarge the scope and make penal provisions more stringent. The Act defines civil right as any right accruing to a person by reason of the abolition of untouchability by Article 17 of the Constitution. The term untouchability has not been defined either in the Constitution or in the Act. However, the Mysore High Court held that the subject matter of Article 17 is not untouchability in its literal or grammatical sense but the practice as it had developed historically in the country. It refers to the social disabilities imposed on certain classes of persons by reason of their birth in certain castes. Hence, it does not cover social boycott of a few individuals or their exclusion from religious services, etc. The Supreme Court held that the right under Article 17 is available against private individuals and it is the constitutional obligation of the state to take necessary action to ensure that this right is not violated. 5. Abolition of Titles Article 18 abolishes titles and makes four provisions in that regard. A. It prohibits the state from conferring any title, except a military or academic distinction, on any body, whether a citizen or a foreigner. B. It prohibits a citizen of India from accepting any title from any foreign state. C. A foreigner holding any office of profit or trust under the state cannot accept any title from any foreign state without the consent of the president. D. No citizen or foreigner holding any office of profit or trust under the state is to accept any present, emolument or office from or under any foreign state without the consent of the president. From the above, 
it is clear that the hereditary titles of nobility like Maharaja, Raj Bahadur, Rai Bahadur, Rai Sahib, Diwan Bahadur, etc., which were conferred by colonial states are banned by Article 18 as these are against the principle of equal status of all. In 199,610, the Supreme Court upheld the constitutional validity of the national awards, Bharat Ratna, Padma Vibhushan, Padma Bhushan, and Padma Sri. It ruled that these awards do not amount to titles within the meaning of Article 18 that prohibits only hereditary titles of nobility. Therefore, they are not violative of Article 18 as the theory of equality does not mandate that merit should not be recognized. However, it also ruled that they should not be used as suffixes or prefixes to the names of awardees. Otherwise, they should forfeit the awards. These national awards were instituted in 1954. The Janata Party government headed by Morarji Desai discontinued them in 1977. But they were again revived in 1980 by the Indira Gandhi government. 